chapter six of the little house in the fairy wood this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by samantha gubitz the little house in the fairy wood by ethel cook elliot chapter six at the heart of a tree ivor and eric ran until the stars were almost lost to them under the snow roof of the forest once Eric stopped to tie his sandal-string, which had loosened and was bothering him. Then the stillness of the world startled him. He cried to Ivra to wait, and she came back to his side. "'Don't be frightened,' she comforted. "'There are forest people near us. They would walk with us, for some of them are going to the party too, but they are afraid of you. That's why they've drawn their white hoods over their heads and keep away. Once we are inside the tree-mans, though, it will be all right.' They'll come in, too, and not be afraid any more. "'But why are they afraid of me?' asked Eric, tugging at a sandal-string. "'No one else has ever been afraid of me. Even Juno, Mrs. Frigg's cat, who was afraid of most everyone, liked me and jumped into my lap. Why are the forest people afraid?' "'Well, they are forest people, you see, and you are an earth child. Mother and I weren't afraid of you, of course, because we aren't exactly forest people.' Ivor paused, and the silence came back. Eric looked up at her. "'Are you cold?' he asked. "'No, no.' But she began to jump up and down and knock her heels together to get warm. Eric still struggled with his lacings. Ivor stopped jumping and went down on her knees in the snow to straighten them out for him. Eric's fingers were awkward with knots, and, besides, now they were numb with the cold. But Ivor had everything right in a minute. She crossed the strings over his instep and tied them snugly above his ankle almost before he could think. Then they ran on. In starlit spaces, Eric caught glimpses of hurrying figures, so swift and light he could not tell whether they walked or flew. Their cloaks sparkled white in starlight until he was not sure but they might be starbeams and not forest people at all. One suddenly started up just at his elbow and was away like the wind. Ivor began to run and to call after it, "'Wild Star! Silly Wild Star! It's only I, Ivor, and my playmate! Wait for us!' Eric followed her, running as fast as he could, but the snow held him back, and all the trees in the forest seemed to gather to stand in his way. Ivor came back to him, laughing. "'They are so afraid of you! No one will come near us until the tree-man is there to protect him.' Soon they came to a big beech-tree, standing in an open space, with smaller beeches making a circle around it. The starlight showed, strangely, a narrow door in the trunk. Ivra pushed it open, and Eric followed in after her, wondering at going into a tree. They were on a flight of stars lighted by starlight from a window somewhere high up. At the head of the flight they came to a door, and through the crack beneath it streamed a warmer light than starlight. Ivra opened that door gaily, and through it with her, Eric went to his first party. It was the jolliest room in all the world. Firelight and candlelight did not reach so far as the walls, but left them in soft darkness. So Eric had the feeling that the room was really much too large to be inside of a tree. But in spite of its bigness, it was very cozy. The fireplace was in the middle of the floor, just a great hollowed boulder heaped with crackling twigs. The candles, red, green, yellow, brown, and orange, stood circle-wise on a table by which the tree-man sat, carving a doll out of a stick. 
A work-basket on the table was overflowing with bright threads and pieces of queer cloth. Eric saw these things because, just for a minute, he was too shy to look at the people in the room. Almost at once he had a look at the tree-man, however, for he came and shook him by the shoulders. Eric had been shaken by the shoulders before, so he shrank away. But this was very different from Mrs. Frigg's shakings. The tree-man was chuckling, not scolding, and the dark eyes that Eric looked up above the long white beard to find were friendly and wise. "'Do not fear us, little earth-child,' he said. "'It is we that have cause to fear you. "'You have only to blink your eyes, pretend to be knowing, and we are nothing. "'But your eyes are so wide and so clear, we trust you. "'Ivra told us there was not the tiniest shadow in them, "'not even the shadow of leaf, only hunger. "'But we're not afraid of hunger. "'Come, have a good time at the party.' Then the tree-girl, the tree-man's daughter, came to him. She was shy and shook all her soft brown hair about her cheeks. A circle of little yellow leaves kept her hair from her eyes which, in spite of her bashfulness, were steady and kind like her father's. "'I am glad you are here,' she said. From that minute Eric felt at home in the tree. Eric and Ivra were the first of the guests. The others, perhaps, had been too scared to come. But soon, knock after knock sounded at the door, and in flocked the forest people who had been invited. First came the bird fairies, five of them together, merry and good little creatures as ever lived in the wood. They had arrived only that day from their summer homes in the far north, way up among the snow barrens. They always spent the winter in this wood, living in the empty birds' nests, and spending their time making up songs to teach the birds that would come back in the spring. Bird fairies cannot sing a note themselves, nor carry an air, but they make up fine songs for the spring birds who, while they can sing with beautiful voices, really have but few ideas. They are fluffy, cuddly, swift little creatures, tiny and quiet. One might think them of little account just at first, but not for long, for they are the farthest traveled of all the forest people except the wind creatures only. Now they were fluttering in, and off came their white cloaks, and forth they hopped in bright colors, little feet twinkling and pattering, little wings lifting and wavering. They gathered round the tree-man, nestling in a row on his shoulder, running up and down his arms, giving all of the news of their long journey into his ear. He chuckled and chuckled, and soon sat down by the table again, nodding his head with delight at the tales they were telling him. Meanwhile, Another group entered, the forest children. The forest children are little girls and boys who live all by themselves in moss houses deep in the thickest of the forest, and know nothing of mothers, nurses, or schools. They came tumbling, cheering, and skipping in, curls bobbing, eyes shining. When their white cloaks were taken off with the help of the tree girl and Ivra, it was plain to see that they had no mothers. Their frocks were torn and stained, and half their sandal strings untied and flapping. The tree girl sighed as she patted the bobbing curls into some order, tied the laces, and straightened a buckle here and there. Now the room was musical with sound. The last guest arrived, Wild Star, who had run away from Eric in the forest. He was a wind creature. Wind creatures are growing up girls and boys who live near the edge of the forest. Like all fairies, they can only be seen by earth people on a day that is clearer than a day should be, or 
by people like Eric, who have no shadows in their eyes. Wildstar dropped his bright white cloak as he entered. His wings were purple, the color of early morning, high and pointed. But they clapped themselves neatly down his back to avoid the ceiling. He was a beautiful boy, wild and starry, and that is how he got his name. Wind creatures are strong and swift, a little too wide awake and far-traveled to be very intimate with the forest people. But Wild Star, though he was as swift and strong as any, often came to the tree-mans, and often played with the forest children in their moss village for days together. He loved the tree-man, and now he sat down cross-legged by him, and laid his bright cheek against his knee. So the party began. End of chapter 6 Recording by Samantha Gubitz.